Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. 1 Peter chapter 1. Today I want us to read right from verse 12 all through to verse um, 20. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that uh, by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things angels desire to look into. Wherefore get up your loin, the loins of your minds, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance, but as he which called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with, redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the, with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without, without blemish and without spot, with, uh, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but now manifested in time for, in, in, in these times, in these last times for you. Amen. Yeah, I will continue. See, when you are Peter, sometimes so loaded, every bit is loaded. You are not even sure which part to end. But for the purpose of time, um, I will continue uh, later on. So, as I was explaining in the previous teaching, the prophets, the spirit of Christ was in the prophets, speaking about the coming of Christ. And now it says that these things have been uh, taught. To, uh, verse verse twelve again. Um, but it has been revealed unto, it was not revealed unto them, sorry, unto whom it was so unto whom it was revealed that it was not unto themselves they were preaching or they were talking about these things, but unto us they ministered these things, uh, which are now the things they ministered are now reported unto you by by them that preach the gospel unto you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So it took the Holy Spirit to reveal it to them and it takes the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. It, it takes the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel for us to understand. So you can tell the Holy Spirit is the key aspect of anything that can be given to us from above, revealed to us from above, taught to us from above. That is why it's a mistake to read your Bible and think that I'm smart enough to understand it. No, it takes the Holy Spirit to help us to understand what God has for us in the name of Jesus. So, um, and he says the angels desire to look into which I, I mentioned in the previous session. Now watch this. So you realize from chapter one, so verse one to verse 
12, practically, maybe verse 2, 3 to verse 12, he's been focusing on some major, major stuff. Key of, about, key of the things, a key, he's been fo- key, key, the key of what he's been focusing on is how God chose us. You know, we are elected, we were chosen before the foundation of the earth. And then the Holy Spirit sanctified our hearts unto obedience and then the blood of Christ sprinkled sprinkles us. So blood speaks for us and sprinkles us. These are major things, major things that it takes only heaven to do. We can't play a role in those ones. Then verse 3 talks about how he has given birth again or we have been regenerated unto a living hope. I mean, our regeneration is God's, according to God's mercy. God's own purpose. God did it. So how do you get how do you become regenerated, born again? God did it. How wh- why you God did it? How did you obey? God did it. He sanctified your heart by the Spirit. And how were you really for your sins forgiven? God did it by Christ. So you see that there are major things that has has have happened in the few verses that I spoke about. And all this unto an inheritor or a living hope. And this living hope is our inheritance, hallelujah, which is undefiled, uh, uncorrupted, or incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for us. Four things about our inheritance. All these you can see. These are major, major, major things. And then he says that this is the end of this, our salvation, uh, or, or which we now, the inheritance is reserved in heaven, which we now live by and we are living towards. And at the end, our salvation manifests. And it talks about how angels look into this. Prophets of old spoke about this and they were wondering, what are we talking about? This is going to be amazing. So all throughout, you can tell, these are major aspects of our relationship, our existence and our relationship with God. And then watch the verse 13 says that, wherefore, Wherefore, or some translations we use, therefore, or you see, you, you, verse 13 and 14 cannot come without verse 1 to 12. That's very important. So, verse 1 to 12 tells us about all that heaven has done for you. It does not start with you, boy. It doesn't start with you, my sister. It does, it starts with God. The goodness of God, the glorious things of God in your life does not start with you. It starts with God. According to God's own eternal purpose, hallelujah. So it starts with God, but in time you are railed in. You are brought into in. So he says that because these things have been already been put in place, all these major things are salvation, our regeneration, our inheritance. Come on, uh, the sanctification of the spirit of obedience. Can you imagine our election? All these are major things. He says that because of this, on the grounds of this, therefore, therefore, now what are we supposed to do? Get up your minds, tie up the loose ends of your minds, Tie them up. Put it together. It's your mind. Major, much of the problem you are going to face is your mind. You know the mind can easily stray off. You are thinking about, sometimes you are listening to a good message. You are listening to the message, by the time you realize, your mind goes on to, oh, that shoe, I should have bought that shoe. Or your mind goes, oh, your mind goes on to, I think I should have texted her back to tell her off. You see, your mind just strays off. So he said, keep your mind. Get, get, get the loin of your mind. Tie it together. The loose ends, tie them together, as I said in the previous teaching. So keep your mind together. 
He said, therefore, get the loins of your mind and set your hope on what um, the grace that is to be revealed at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there is a great day ahead. So he keeps pointing us to the days ahead. Now watch this. This is very important. So get up your mind, set your mind, or set your hope on what is ahead. Okay, hope is always looking to the future. So get up your mind so your hope can effectively be set on what is ahead. Hallelujah. Because of the inheritance that is reserved for us, there's so much. In fact, next year, next year has a lot, a lot of good stuff for you because of our inheritance. The future is bright, not only the heavenly future, but I'm talking about our earthly future. Praise God. It is secured. It is reserved. Whatever God has promised you is reserved. Set your hope on it. So we set your hope on, on, on that. And, and more, more so, the main thing is the coming of Jesus. The glorious appearing of the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The blessed hope. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. The blessed hope. The glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is the blessed hope. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. We look forward to his coming. So he says, set your hope on the grace that will be revealed at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And watch this. Verse 14. Verse 14 says, as therefore do this and as, as obedient children. You see the word obedience have appeared again. Just like verse 2. We are sanctified by the Spirit unto obedience. So already you can be part of these people who the therefore is referring to if you have already not been sanctified unto obedience. So as obedient children, we put our faith in Jesus. That's why we became part of the children. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the the former last... In, last in your ignorance. It's very easy if you are not careful to begin to live your life based on your former last. So there was a, there was a lifestyle we all used to live. There was a particular lifestyle we, we all used to live, but now we have been delivered. God has brought us out of it. But if you are not careful, there is the possibility for you to begin to live your life again according to your former last. Fashion it according to your Former last, according to your uh, previous previous way of living, according to your uh, the, uh, uh, old desires. You know you can be born again, but still have your old desires. You are born again, but you have a feeling for for some uh, uh, dubious deals. You still have it. <laughs> You, you, you used to be a thief. You are born again, and now you have joined the ocean. You still feel like stealing money from... <laughs> Yeah, you know, you used to be a, 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 a serious alcoholic. Thank God for deliverance. But if you are not careful, if you if you are not careful, you end up fashioning your life according to your former last, even though you are born again. Now, there are a group of people, there are some group of people who have uh, have this idea and belief that you can be born again and it, it doesn't matter what you do any longer. Just behave anyhow and you are still covered, behave anyhow, and, you know, uh, God is fine. God God does not have problem with you. And this is their philosophy, that holiness is on your inside. Holiness is not a behavior. They, be, they, they teach that holiness is a state. 
So once you are in Christ, you are holy. In spite of what you do, you are still holy. And they go on further to say that because you are not saved by your works, it doesn't take your works to remain saved. It does not take your works to get the attention of God. That is not true, please. That is not true. We are not saved by works, but we are saved for works. We are not saved by works, but we are saved for works. We are saved by grace, okay? We are saved by grace, but oh, uh, 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 um, there is salvation that has been worked in, saved by grace, but we have to make sure that our lifestyle uh, correspond to the teachings of grace. In other words, the grace that brings salvation had appeared to all men. Um, Titus chapter 2 verse 11, teaching verse 12, teaching us that denying worldly lusts or ungodliness and worldly lusts. So we are there are things that we are supposed to deny when we are saved. So here he says that as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to, all right, according to your former lusts, in your ignorance, there was a lustful way you were living. You were living last year's natural carnal instincts, instincts and carnal desires. You are born again, but you still have feelings for that girl. Yes, you are born again. You still have feelings for that boy, somebody's husband, somebody's wife. Um, I mean, all kinds of stuff. You still have desires for that kind of movies, for that stuff to watch you still have that desire even though you are born again that i'm not saying it's a resident desire but every now and then that last is there because watch this let me put let me say this once you are born again we are always fighting with three major stuff the world or the devil demons are fighting you brother demons are fighting you have determined that you will fail the world the worldly systems have been put in place to attract or appeal to your carnal instincts to make you move away from God. That is why the Bible says uh, that he who is uh, said friendship with the world is enmity with God. I think James 4, 4. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. And he says that um, the things that are in the world, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, he said those things does not glorify God. All right. So the world, the world. When we talk about the world, the world is an area of battle. Worldliness, can carnality, behaving like everybody in the world, and this is what the world says you do and you want to do. When you become born again, that don't become that that becomes the area of uh, uh, warfare or battle. Not just that. So besides the demons, the devil fighting you. Worldliness is also becomes an area of contention and battle. But those ones are not as fierce and are not as worrying as the ones inside you, which is the last inside you. So your last Bible says that let no one say I'm being tempted of God when they are tempted. In James chapter 1 from verse 12 and 13, 13 that was, let no one say I'm being tempted of God. But for everyone is tempted by their own lust, their own desire. And when lust is grown, it bears for sin. And when sin, sin then leads to death. So the challenge is not the sister's miniskirt. <laughs> the challenge, the problem is your lust. There is something inside you that it's that is the the area of battle that is why in first peter chapter 2 verse 11 it says that 
let's watch against all as pilgrims and strangers. We are on a journey. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Now that you are born again, the challenge and the problem is your soul to be at peace, your soul to be intact, your soul to be saved. And what is fighting you? The, the fleshly lust is at war against your soul. Sir, you are at war. So do not create room for the flesh to fulfill its desires. That's what I'm saying. You are at war. Romans chapter 13 verse 14. Make no provision. Make no room for the flesh to fulfill its desires. You know you, your weakness used to be uh, girls. Why are you exposing yourself to areas where a place where you can see almost partially naked women. You know you have a, you had a big problem with all these things. Oh, you know you had a big problem with alcoholism. You were a you were a chronic alcoholic, and that was your biggest weakness. And thank God you were delivered. Why are you exposing yourself to? Uh, uh, parties where alcohol, there's going to be flow of alcohol. You might not drink it, just, but just hmm, the smell takes you to those days. You know you had a particular weakness towards men of this type, men with certain type of beard. <laughs> when you see those beards, you are so weak. Men of certain type, they look a certain way with a certain baritonic voice. You know you have a problem with that. Why are you constantly calling this guy who you know is in church with you, but you know you are very soft towards this type of man. You always want to hear from him. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you see, so you have to not make sure when even, even initially there may not be anything wrong with it, but the problem is that you, you are weak in that way. So don't create the room for the flesh to fulfill its desires. You know, other than that, you keep falling. You keep uh, disappointing yourself. You keep repeating those mistakes and dis disinheriting yourself of things that God has purposed for you for a season. Maybe there's a testimony coming your way for this season. But guess what? You created, you allowed the flesh to fulfill its desires. And now look, look at what it's leaving you with. And then now you have to wait for a whole year or two years for uh, the, the next bus, the next flight of your testimony. I pray that that will not be your portion. God will turn your situation and strengthen you to be able to keep yourself pure so as to walk by God. So watch this. They tell you that it doesn't matter. What you do doesn't matter. Hear what the Bible says. The Bible says that as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to your the former last of your ignorance, verse 15, but as he who called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversations. New American Standard Version. Thank you, Jesus. It says that, as he who called you is holy, uh, let me read it, verse 15, but like the holy one who called you. Now, this holy one is not talking only about God the Father. Remember the principle I taught, the Latin, the Latin phrase, um, um, opera trinitatis ad dextra indivisible, indivisa sunt. Okay, 
opera trinitatis adextra indivisa sunt, which is the outward operations of the Trinity are not divisible. So when he says the uh, one God, okay, the one, the Holy One who calls you, he's talking about the Holy One who is the the um, choosing, electing Father. Okay, the father who elected us. So the electing or the choosing father, the redeeming son and the sanctifying Holy Spirit. The father chose us, the son redeemed us, the Holy Spirit sanctified us, applied it. So the redeeming, the choosing, the electing father, the redeeming son and the sanctifying Holy Spirit. This is the Holy One. He who called you. Okay, so let me read it again. It says that, um, but like the Holy One who called you, be be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, not your thinking, not your, oh, my heart is holy. No, 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 no. Now it's moving from inside, outside. That is why I said, let me read the verse 14. As obedient children, do, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. You see, your former lust, that has to, that has a lot to do with your behavior. In the Amplified Version, puts it this way. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourself to the evil desires that that govern you, that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. You see, there, you didn't know something, so you were behaving anyhow. But now that you do, but as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves ought to be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. Don't forget this phrase, manner of living. I might come to it over and over, possibly. So he said, be holy in all your manner of living, your studies, your career, your education, your marriage. Your courtship, people call it dating. Okay, it's the proper Christian word is courtship. <laughs> courtship, but just to give you peace, dating. So your courtship, the way you are hang, hanging about the sister, be, be, the way you are hanging about the brother, your job, the, the deals, the figures you are changing, lies, relationship with your parents, relationship with your husband, relationship with your son, relationship with your friends, relationship with your wife, relationship with your neighbors. All this is that be holy in all manner of your living, every aspect of your life. Be holy. Why? Because God is holy. So he said to us, let me read it again, verse 15, having, sorry, verse 15, it says that, uh, but as he which called you, we are called. We are called, the, the, he who called you, the Holy One who called us, he's the Holy One. He has called us. Remember you are called. In First Peter, uh, with regards to our, our, our calling, in First Peter chapter, um, let's look at chapter 2, verse 21. Let me show you something. First Peter 2, 21 talks about, um, for, for even thereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow. So you've been called onto something, onto suffering, so that we can we can be like Christ. If it means even suffering, you are called onto that. You understand that. So look at chapter three, verse nine. Chapter three, verse nine says that not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, 
knowing that ye uh, knowing that ye are there unto call. This you are called unto this thing. So don't someone has hurt you, say I'll hit I'll hurt you back. No, he said, not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing. But rather, on the other hand, blessing. Because this is how you've been called. This is our a reflection. These are all reflections of our holiness. We have been called of our, on holiness. How can he call us unto holiness if we are first for not born by him? That is why he says that uh, uh, as dearly, uh, as, um, as obedient children. So we are children. Why, since when did we become children? Remember, he begat us, verse, verse 3 again, he has begotten us unto a lively hope. And I said, I explained that when you are born by God, that's all, it's, it's, not, it's just not just like a new kind of way of living that has started, no. It's a new nature that has been born in you. The divine nature has been introduced into you. That is what gives you the power. So we are called to live the holy life based on the holy nature inside us amen it's very important so it's not so much you are not we have not been left to ourselves to try and tick boxes of morality no we have been inspired we have been born a new life is inside us and we have been we have been encouraged being enjoined to live based on that newness of life in our inner man all right so it says that the first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 7 this is how it puts it but but God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. We have been called. He hasn't called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Remember First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. The God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory. He's actually called us unto something wonderful. So the God of all grace has called us unto his, unto his uh, eternal glory. Praise the Lord. So we have been called, but it says that as he who, the one, the Holy One who called you is holy. So be. So the be is an instruction. Be holy. Be. Based on the nature in you, be, do. Has to do with what you are becoming, your behavior. Because something has already happened. Those who say, oh, those who say, I'm holy on the inside and that's it. If you are holy on the inside, it, whatever out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is loaded on your inside will invariably show on your outside. So he said, since you are holy on the inside, be holy. And why? On what grounds? Because God is holy. That's what he told the Israelites. You know, guys, I'm dealing with you. And because of who I am, you must be. be I'm holy. So you must also be holy. I am holy, so be holy. That's how he dealt with the children of Israel. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44. Be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. God is, he said, I am holy, so you to be separated, be holy. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. I am holy, so be holy. So God himself actually calls us unto his type of holiness. Now watch, this, this is very important. In the olden days, there are all kinds of... um. They had all kinds, especially the Gentiles, all kinds of idols they follow, they worship. And all these idols, they are uh, paragons of immorality. They are paragons of sexual, sexual perversion and sexual excesses. So they don't have clean behavior. Watch this. Most people who worship all kinds of things and follow all kinds of things, they end up not having any heavy standard or clean standard. There are all these objects and images or per perverted or idols are 
paragons of extreme behaviors, unacceptable, immoral behaviors. Maybe society may say we are accepted, but really to call at core, human nature does not does not encourage that. So and so, God calls us. Most of those gods cannot call people comfortably to behave. You know, when you have a family member who, if your family member joins a cult, cult, you become very concerned because most of those cults have secret behaviors that are not that have that that are to be frowned upon, distasteful, extreme. So most most cults and occults don't have anything to write home about. But thank God for Jesus. God calls us to be like him. God calls us unto his holiness. He is, God is our standard of behavior. Hallelujah. He's our standard of holiness. But you can't do that in your natural self. That is why it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the sanctifying work, the reinvigorating work, the energizing work, the empowering work. We have been, watch this, we have been energized. We have been empowered unto holiness. We have been empowered to live like God. We have been empowered to behave like, this is Christianity 101. If the word of God stays in you, if you are born again, if you are a child of God, then there is the installation, divine supply for you to meet the divine standards of demand or the, uh, the standards of divine demands. You, you can't meet the standards of heavenly demands without, first of all, the heavenly supply. Hallelujah. And there is a divine supply inside you, bro. Yeah. There is a divine. Sister, you can treat your husband but in spite of all that is is doing, you can treat him differently and well. You can, brother, you can treat your wife in spite of all the anger you have towards her because of the way things have been. You can still be patient. You can still be loving. You can still be caring and protective like a godly man. How can you do that? From your inner man, that your inner man is loaded. Is loaded with divine enablements. Is loaded with divine uh, abilities. Yes, I'm talking about the spirit of God, the sanctifying spirit that sanctifies you unto obedience. So he said, as obedient children, as obedient children, don't fashion. Remember Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not, don't be conformed into, into this world. Don't be conformed to the pattern. So he said the same word, the same Greek word translated fashion. So be not fashioned according to this world. Be not conformed to the pattern of this world. In the same way he said, don't fashion yourself according to your former last. Don't. No, you can't. You can't say, as for me, this have always been. No. There's a new man inside you. You are a new creation. Live from that new life. The heavenly life. The divine life. Yes, you can. Yes, you can wake up and pray. Yes, you can finish your course. Yes, you can sit up and study. You can sit up and study without distractions. Yes, you can. There is a divine heavenly nature, heavenly, a heavenly character born inside you. Live by it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So it says that it said uh, back to our text. Um, but as he which called you is holy, so be holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be, for I am. Then 
So watch this. He calls us unto holiness, unto a certain holy living, based on what has already been accomplished, the bigger things that we can do. The major things have been done by God, and then the minor things that we have been encouraged and enjoined to do. So one, he called us on he calls us unto holiness. Now, let me, let me also take this opportunity to throw this in. When we talk about holiness, we are called to holy behavior. Okay, we are called to holy behavior based on God's nature in us. And then we are also, God's nature in us makes us, gives us the empowerment, the enablement to act holy. And God's disciplining of us helps us to partake in his holiness. So according to Romans, sorry, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, he said, our natural parents and fathers, um, they discipline us for their good, but God disciplines us for our own good so that we can be partakers of his divine nature, his holy nature. So he disciplines us. So there are times God, if you're a Christian, God will bring you under a certain type of judgment. It's called the disciplinary judgment. He has to discipline you. The way you are going about treating your wife, God will have to discipline you. The way you are going about treating your church, God will have to discipline you. The way you are going about treating that sister who offended you, God might have to discipline you. The way you are going about handling your mother and talking to your father and treating your father, God may have to discipline you. The way you are going about this, your job, the new job you have gotten, you are always lying on the timesheet and going late. You get to work at 10 and you signing and go to work at 8 30 god might have to get involved and discipline you oh yeah i'm talking maybe when you were not a christian you could have gotten away with all this mess but because god wants you to be a partaker of his holy nature the way you have been going about with your potential husband god will have to discipline you and that thing will not end up in marriage because of the way you are going sister because of the way because of the way you are going the way you might be going brother this thing may not end up in marriage because god will have to discipline you you lose grounds and you have to wait for another time and start all over again god disciplines us so we can be partakers of his divine nature i see somebody becoming partaker of this divine nature and he gives us his he imparts himself into us so we can have the ability to live the holy life hallelujah verse 17 says that if ye call upon the uh, on the father for whoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved you remember he says that because we are sons galatians 4 6 because we are sons god has sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart which cries out abba father in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says that because, because we have received adoption, uh, he has, we have not received the spirit of the world again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, which cries out, Abba, Father. So there is a cry from us, from inside us unto God because he is our Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I think verse 18, he says that I will, he will sanctify, he separate us, and he said for he, uh, I will call him my son and he shall, I shall be a father unto them. He is a father. And he says here uh, in First uh, Peter 1.17 says that, And if ye call on the father, remember I spoke about how he has called us. He has called us and we call on him. Hallelujah. He called us and we call on him. If ye call on the father, who without respect of persons, this is a very important, God does not deal with people because of their status, because of their education, because of their social standing. No, God doesn't, he's no respecter of persons in 
Hebrews, sorry, in Romans chapter 2, verse 11, God is no respecter of persons. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter said, Of a true, now I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, it says that if you are a boss, if you are a master, be careful the way you are treating your, your slave or your employee because God, there is a master who is above all who him with him is no respecter of person. In other words, he's no respecter of status. He's no respecter of status. Whether you are the boss or you are the employer or the employee, whether you are the slave or the master, whether you are a husband or wife, whether you are married or unmarried, whether you are young or you are old, God is no respecter of persons. And he says that if we call on God, who is no respecter of, it's good news that God will not say, because this one is a pastor, I will listen to him first before you. He's no respecter of persons. God will not say, because this one is a church leader, I will listen to him before you. God is no respecter of persons. God will not say, because this one has a lot of money and he gives a lot and he, he pays big tithes tithe to the church and he has actually built buildings for the church. I will listen to them before you. God is no respecter of persons. If you can walk with him in obedience, in your own small way, he is talking to you. He respects, he will respect you. When it says respect, it's not like salute or honor. It's like gives attention and preference. Okay. God does not give preference to people based on their natural state, natural status or physical advantage. God does not give preference to people based on their physical advantage. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work. See, God judges according to every man's work. God is a judge and he judges according to every man, not everyone's feelings. Not everyone's intentions. That is why he's calling us unto holy works. So now, therefore, that God has chosen us, Christ has redeemed us, redeemed us, the Holy Spirit has sanctified us with this amazing inheritance that we, is reserved for us, unfading, uh, uh, undefiled, uh, um, and incorruptible. Now, therefore, as obedient children, live a holy life. If you call, because God said, be holy for I'm holy. If you call on the Father, who is no respecter of persons, okay, he doesn't judge anybody based on their status, who is no respecter of persons, uh, judges everyone's work. He judges our work. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and everyone will give an account of what he has done in the flesh. Romans chapter 14, verse 10, and first, second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We shall, for we must all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now, of Christ, sorry. Of, now, God is a judge. Remember that. God is a judge, and Bible calls him the righteous judge. Time will not permit me to go more into the, the, the justice of God, or God being a righteous judge. But may, I, may, may, may it suffice for me to mention this to you, that God, can you imagine, he, he's been always been judging. God has always been judging. He judged even angels who left their estates, angels who disobeyed him. God judged them according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. God judged the angels. Yeah, chapter 2, I'm sorry. Chapter 2, verse 3, verse 4 particularly. God judged the angels. 
So he's been judging before time began. God was judging angels. And then guess what? In the Old Testament, Bible says that in the, in the same Peter, he said God judged the Old Testament, the people of old. Verse 5. So 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says the angels. Verse 5 says, judge the people of old. Judge the, in the days of Noah, the ungodly. You see the word, the ungodly. The floods came and took the ungodly. He saved only eight people. Yes, God brought judgment. And then he says that Sodom and Gomorrah, God brought judgment on the ungodly and saved Lot, who living there. And look at verse 8. Lord, Lot contaminated his spirit, vexed his spirit by observing the conversation. The, that word conversation, manner of life. That's why I said, be holy in your conversation. You see, be holy in your conversation. Their conversation was very, so conversation is a, li- a way of living, a way of life, manner of life. Bible says that God judged them in the old. So he judged the people of the Old Testament, uh, sorry, the angels, and judged all people of old in the Old Testament. And guess what? In the New Testament era, he's still judging. But guess where he's starting? He started from the church in the book of First Peter, the same First Peter chapter 4, verse 17. It talks about how judgment must start in the house of God. So God is judging the church and some of the, the last day judgment he has committed to the son. I think in the book of John or so, he has left all the, the last day, he has left the judgment to the son. The son is going to carry out the judgment in the last days. But for now, God is, is passing, is dealing with, the, is, he's, in, he's in control. He's governing the church. He's governing things. In the last day, as for some people, Bible says that they will be burnt with, burnt with unquenchable fire. That's eternal damnation. God gets rid of them and they are gone. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7. God will deal with the demons and the uh, angels. He will deal with them. I mean, he will just, uh, all right. But, but for now, he's dealing with the church. He's dealing. His 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 disciplinary judgment. You mentioned. Remember, I mentioned it. His disciplinary judgment. That is why some some of somebody you you can after you lose a house, you lose a job, you lose a potential marriage, you lose something because of the way the path you went, because you went to join some unbelievers, because you took a certain path. God that did not bring glory to God. God will have to intervene with judgment and. You, 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 he will strip you of certain privileges yeah, until you get back. So it's good. It's good. Bible says that the father chastises the son he loves. A father, a bastard, Hebrews chapter 12, a bastard is without judgment or punishment or without disciplining. That's the right way. Or chastisement. A bastard. But we are not bastards. We have a father. And so our father will have to discipline us so we'll be partakers of his divine nature. Hallelujah. And so with all that we have, has been done for us, in spite of the... Watch this. this is very interesting. He's, he's talking to believers who are potentially going through different types of suffering. And he's telling them that we have been called to be partakers of his holiness. There is an aim. There is a goal for our lives. That's the next session. That's what I'm going to talk about. The goal for our, our lives. God has called us this. We are not aimless. There is a goal for your life. There is a goal for our being called into Christ. There is a holy assignment. There is a holy goal. There is a holy purpose. There is a holy purpose for our lives. And we will not miss it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So he has called us to unto holiness. And he said we should live holy because... To, God, who if we call on God, who is no respecter of persons, judges all men, 
Okay, judges all men. Let me finish that. He said, and if we call on the Father, who without respect respect of person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of our sojourning here in fear. We have to pass it. We are sojourning. We are just temporary sojourner. Someone who has not arrived. So every Christian is a sojourner. As I thought, we are pilgrims. We are aliens. We are migrants. You have to always keep your migratory instincts in place. Migratory instincts must always be in place because you are moving. You're on your way out. And so it says that if you pass your time of your migration, your time of pilgrimage, your time of sojourning, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13 talks about how they they did not settle because they knew they were pilgrims. That's the mindset we must have. We are on our way out. We are on our way somewhere. We are on our way out. And it says that if you leave your time here in, uh, uh, in our sojourn in fear, you must handle it with fear. Work out your own salvation. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This fear is not a negative fear, but it's a reverential fear. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28, that let us receive grace. Since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us receive grace by which we can serve God acceptably. By which we can serve God uh, acceptably with godly fear and reverence. So we should serve God with reverence. So this is talking about fear. The fear here is is talking about reverence and honor because I fear God. Joseph said, how can I do this against God since I fear God? I can't do this wickedness against God because I fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we should fear God in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. It talks about how um, uh, uh, obtain from fleshly life last and perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. Yes, perfect. since we have these prom precious promises, abstain from fleshly life, perfect holiness, perfect in the fear of the Lord. So you have to do it. If you don't fear God, and now you see the problem in church nowadays, a lot of people don't fear God and they don't think about life after. They don't see themselves as sojourners and they don't fear God. So they do things they can they can be misbehave. They, I mean, how can someone be stealing money from church offering people's offering? Someone is giving his seat, has given his offering, and you are stealing it. How can people come to church and come and fight and are arguing and are, are fighting and they don't care? And no, you you don't fear God. You don't fear God. How can you do some things? How can you do that? You don't fear God. You don't fear God. You don't fear God. He said we should we should pass our time of sojourning on this earth with fear because there is an agenda. There is a purpose to our life. Don't let us live like there's no purpose. So number one, since we have this hope, since we have these blessings, since therefore, since we have all this working for us, let us live our lives with fear of God. Let us live our life. Let us be holy. Let us obedient children. Let us serve God acceptably. As let us live a holy life for he who has called us is holy. Holiness means doing things with God in mind. Doing, living a life that looks like how God wants you to live. Living a life that would, is like solely dedicated to pleasing God. Holiness. Holiness, my brother. Holiness, my sister. May we receive grace. May we all receive grace to grow in our walk with him in holiness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So remember, all he has done for us, there is a purpose. And the purpose, number one, is, to, is on holiness. And number two is to walk in love, which I'll go on to later. So for today, remember that we have been called unto a holy living. We have been called unto holy life. He says that, let me finish. Let me read it again. He says that, 
as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former last in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, is holy. So be holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Um, and if you call on the father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourn, sojourning here in fear. Let's be holy because God has given us what it takes by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. We can in our behavior, in our conversation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.